What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Fiends Podcast, episode number nine. I'm Larry. As always, I'm joined here by my co-host, Nick. Hola. And we have a very special guest today. But before I reveal the secret identity of the mysterious guest, I just want to remind everybody that you can follow us on social media. That's Facebook.com slash The Fiends Podcast, Instagram handle at The Fiends Podcast, and on our YouTube page, YouTube.com slash Fiends TX. We generally post um, the audio version over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a bunch of other platforms you've never heard of. And the video format you can find on YouTube. It's usually posted every single Friday. Now, going forward, we might change the day we release this. I don't I don't really know. Uh, what's a good day to release a podcast? Any day. Uh, true, any day. Mm-hmm. I feel like on Fridays, it, sometimes it can get lost in the shuffle of the week. But also, I don't work a traditional like Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 job. So mm-hmm. my sense of time is is, you know, all messed up. To begin with, so that's something that we'll talk about. Time but after time, that was really good. Thanks, Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Thanks. I think uh, Cindy Lauper. Um, so we want to thank everybody for listening, and back to the show. Uh, we have a very special guest here with us today. Uh, he's uh, one of our great friends and somebody who's probably supported us in everything that we've ever done very much especially when it comes to this podcast and even even when it comes to the band like this is a guy that like every time we play in harlingen we know he's gonna be there and he's you know and it's genuine also like he actually likes our music it's not just a front because he's our friend so that's always very cool um he's also the nicest person that ever lived nicest guy to ever walk the face of the earth and that's that's not even hyperbole that's not like we're not just talking him up like um gandhi i i, I don't know I've heard, I've heard gandhi talk some shit yeah i've heard some bad things about yeah. that gandhi guy uh G- jesus of now I've, I've never met him but i've met our next guest so i can honestly say that he is the nicest person that ever lived uh welcome to the show everybody mr tommy contu aka Tomcat, aka the King of Retail, aka Mr. Steal Your Girl. How's it going, guys? Thank you for having me on the show. You're I, welcome. It's good to see you again, buddy. <laughs> Dude, actually, always. that's not very nice. If you stole my girlfriend, I'd probably be very like upset and sad <laughs> for like 24 hours, and then I would probably get over it because I'd be like, well. Well, he's a nicer guy than I am. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I hope they're happy. I'll, I'll send them a gift basket or something. Um, appreciate all the accolades there, guys. By the way, no, fucking for, love you guys. I love you too, man. It's and like I was so excited that we were gonna do this today, and I was so excited to see you because I hadn't seen you in almost a year, probably. Yeah, it's been a long, it's been a long time, man. Very so, long time. Um, it it almost feels like olden times. Yeah, yeah, dude. Back in the days, just staying over there at your parents' place over there in San Benito, man, and just yeah. And that yeah. seems to be like a recurring like theme on the podcast is talking about how we used to just hang out at my house at my parents' house. Because, like, it was, like, Roly said the same shit. You know, now you are. Yeah. There have been times when, like, me and Larry talked about it. Like, that just used to be the place where we would go. And it was a regular thing. In fact, on the way over here, I was thinking about that one year. Maybe three or four years ago. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, It was, like, New Year's Eve, and none of us had anything to do. So we called you up, and we're like, yeah, I'll come over and hang out. Yeah. So we just hung out at my house, and we were like, well... Let's go to Waterburger. So we went yeah. to Waterburger, and we like fucking literally sat inside a Waterburger until like midnight, and it, when the new year came in. Mm-hmm. I remember that night vividly. Yeah, yeah that was I a good remember night. that. Yeah, good it times. was fun. Good times. Uh, I guess backstory is just uh, Tommy's one of our our better friends for the last few years. I think we we met through mutual mutual friends and he's kind of one of our original like wrestling buddies and we'd watch all the wrestling pay-per-views every single month and that's how we bonded and then we found out like oh we actually have very easy to get along with this guy and he's one of those people that is probably friends with everybody like in high school when mm-hmm. this guy was probably friends with every subsect of like uh, you know high school it was probably like oh the cholo guys yeah he's friends with them oh the goth kids he's friends with them anime anime kids yeah he knows them 
I think he's just naturally just very friendly person, so he's very easy to get along with. I'm a chameleon. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, so before we move on to other things, I wanted to, since I haven't talked to you in a long time, um, we're about a year, almost a year into this pandemic, so I just wanted to ask you real quick, just like, how has this affected you? And is there anything that you miss? Because we're in January, and this is usually the time that you'd be at PAX South. Yes. I miss and, it dearly. <laughs> I miss it dearly, man. And, was, yeah, I, I miss it dearly. It's, just, uh, it's honestly like the one thing I look, to, uh, look forward to every year going for, up to San Antonio. For those that don't know, what is PAX South? So PAX South is a... Uh, Started off as a small convention that used to be only run in Seattle, Washington, uh, back in 2005. But over Damn, the years, he's got the whole like, backstory. Yeah, <laughs> he's a not bit, reading yeah, this yeah. off hey, Wikipedia. I don't mean to sidetrack, but remember when the? Uh, I hope you don't get upset with me for saying this, but you know, years ago, you used to work at GameStop, oh, and God. so you used to say to us, "Well, seeing as I'm in the biz, in the in the I'm game, in the industry, I'm in the gaming industry." <laughs> Dude, I used to think that was the funniest thing. Oh my god! I, to this day, I said, I, I, I have a friend. He's yeah. he was in the industry. Yeah, yeah I did too. Like, oh, I used to have a friend at the gaming industry. Oh man! <laughs> and you know, the only reason why I used to say that, well, well, for one, I worked there for. For a, one, it was it, true. Yeah, for one, it somewhat. You know, like I worked there for about a good like eight years, man, at my old job. And you know, if I were to ever go to the big uh, gaming convention in July up in Los Angeles, the E3 Expo, uh, they let all employees like me go in there for free. But of course, I had to drive all the way to fucking California. And you know, oh, I didn't yeah. have the funds for that shit. So, uh, but now with my current job, I guess you could say I have the uh, alternate alternative press. Uh, there you go. Yeah, business right there. there I guess. Go. Yeah, I'm in the industry there. So uh, you you, yeah. you, ju- you jump from one industry to another. another exactly. This yeah. man is a visionary. He's yes. an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, I've met guys like Jonathan Davis and Rob Zombie. And Jonathan <laughs> Davis loves y'all's podcast, by the way. You know he's been here, but uh, yeah, he stopped by, man. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Zombie. Well, uh, let's just say <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I, th- I think he's just starting to recycle his material. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> but anyway, so Pack South. Yes. Uh, so it's grown over, uh, you know, vastly over the last couple of years. Uh, especially, uh, you know, every I want to say starting in 2012, they started expanding from uh, the West Coast, from Seattle to uh, PAX East was going to be in Boston. So uh, they've been running those two conventions for at least a, a good, I want to say like. 10 to 15 years now. And then 2015, when they made the announcement that they were going to be coming to San Antonio for PAX South, uh, that was my big chance to finally go to these big gaming expos, man. And, you know, honestly, just be around my people, you know, people who love video yeah. games, anime, cosplayers, uh, all sorts of stuff, man. And you can also, you know, there was competitive video games there too as well. So um, something I definitely look forward to going every year. Fortunately, COVID has really, uh, you know, fucked up everything. Exactly, exactly, man. And you know what sucks too is like you bring it back to your question there, Larry. Uh, how this has kind of affected me, honestly, man. Like I was, uh, you know, the beginning of last year, January, hit up packs, had a great fucking time there, man. And then the following month, uh, you know, I finally went to my legit, you know, first concert that I've never been. I've never oh yeah, been, that's yeah, true. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, because you were in Austin the same time I was, and, yes. and I texted you. That's yes. right. Yes, yeah. and uh, I went to go see uh, Periphery. You know, a band that I, you know, through a mutual friend of ours. You know, like he got me into, and uh, I've been following those guys for the least a good, like, better part of like six years now, and mm-hmm. finally get to see them live. And you know, uh, their lead singer Spencer not being sick. I mean, I, I hate to say this, but you know, like, I feel like that guy always signed. Uh, I've kind of, I've been following these guys for quite a, uh, quite a while now, and I feel like that guy always seems to get sick the latter end of his uh, the tours. Yeah. So I'm very happy that you know in the beginning at the beginning half I caught them in Austin and uh, everybody was good, man. He was good. He killed it that night. Uh, watched two uh, headlining bands right before them too, and uh, uh, got to see a, a really cool prog band called Arc Echo. Never mm-hmm. heard them before. Really awesome. And then another band called uh, Plenty. They were pretty good too. Um, uh, yeah, man, but I had such an awesome time, like, going in, like, to 2020. I was like, hey, man, I was like, this is a good start. You know, this is going to be my year. Your you know, first I, and last, last concert. concert yeah. Pretty much, just to sum it up well, right Well, you know, now, dude, man. I feel like, you know, we all know your favorite band is... Lincoln Park. Park. Yes. So, but... I'm even wearing the Hybrid Theory 20 Bastard shirt right now. Exactly. It's a cool yeah. shirt. Exactly. Yes. It is it's a nice shirt. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, if there's another band that I would associate you with really liking, it was Periphery. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, like, if there's any band that you got to see before COVID, it was them. That's a good first concert. Yeah. Yeah. What's that song? 
Blood Eagle. Yeah, it's a Blood Eagle. Oh, yeah, the song so goes hard. Killer. So good, man. That whole album's really yeah, good, by dude. the way. Yeah, I, I'm still debate I, till this day. Like, if somebody were to ask me what's my favorite album from those guys, it's tough for me to say. I, honestly, I always tend to go for I guess where my favorite song from them mm-hmm. has always been. So. Uh, uh, I would have to say Mile Zero is my favorite song for those guys, and that's off from their second album. The, uh, too, right? the yeah, <laughs> exactly. This time it's personal, and uh, you know, as much as I love you know Hybrid Theory and all that stuff, I I don't think I've even told you these guys, but like I got into them. I, I was in Linkin the, Park. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the music industry <laughs> now. <laughs> I was their third guitarist. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, nah, man. But they only uh, had one. Yeah, but it's like they didn't even have a second. <laughs> they really a second. <laughs> no, well, they got Brad and they got Micah's uh, rhythm. Yes, there you go. I'm not yeah. even plugged in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but uh, what you call that? If you, if you had a gun to my head and said, name all the Linkin Park members, I'd be dead. dead. <laughs> I'd be like, Chester, Chester Mike, Mike, Mr. Han. Han. Yeah. And that's Brad. it. There's a Brad. Brad, the guitarist. Yeah. Uh-huh. Rob Borden, their, their drummer. And then uh, I always forget his damn last Dude, name, I, but Phoenix is their bassist. I knew this answer. So you in, get to live. I knew this. Yeah. In, I die. I knew this in fifth grade. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not now. In 2021. Yeah, so like, uh, you know, I, you know, I knew about them through their singles off Hybrid Theory, but uh, I guess I I, I, maybe I'm not sure if you guys are like this, but when it comes to like maybe your favorite band and, uh, you know, you listen to their first album, the first album you ever listen to them is usually sometimes your favorite. Of course. Yeah, from them and all. It's usually how it goes. So my first album from those guys I purchased was Meteora. And I. Which is a great album. Yes. Yeah. I fucking love that album and you know most people say oh it's hybrid theory 2.0 but i feel like it's it's an improvement from what they were doing off it's the hybrid different theory. yeah it yeah. is and you know uh you know they didn't they weren't as heavy it was more of an alternative metal album uh but once again back to what i was saying like uh my favorite uh, i guess favorite song off that album is uh forever will be breaking the habit i love that song and it's not even the heaviest song of that album whatsoever it's I, the softest I, I may have told you this but i always hated that song when it came <laughs> out because it just it was the one song that was in like a rock mm-hmm. song and it just like alienated me because that was the biggest song off that album and i, I remember the video and how much that song blew up and yeah. i was like there's Anime. so much better songs on this album why is this a song because it's not rock and that was just them you know going in a different direction and i respect it now but um i hated that song but now as an adult and now in hindsight i'm like that song rules yeah as an adult, I can say I hate that fucking song. song. Still. <laughs> <laughs> the I, same. That's a catchy. That's a catchy song, and it's a great video. And that's probably the only song on that album I don't like. Everything else I think is really wow. good. Okay, that's interesting. Lying from you is probably the best song. Uh, I, that's so good. Me. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've always said like if if Hybrid Theory is a nine point five or a ten, like Meteora is just like a nine or point, 9. 5. nine point five. Like three, it's nine point four. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's just a matter of perspective. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to argue Meteora is the better album, I'm with you. Like, okay. But if you want to say Hybrid Theory, like, okay. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to... I think the problem with, like, new Metal, there's a fine line between and new Metal between, like, good songwriting and cheese. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I can see people, like, thinking some songs off Hybrid Theory can be kind of cheesy at parts. I don't agree with that because I think every song's fucking good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can see some people having that argument. But Meteor doesn't really have that. Meteor is just good songwriting in general. It's a more mature, yeah, so more I'm, mature sound. Yeah, exactly. And so the I, fact that they did all, they wrote all those songs from what I, uh, from what I remember, they wrote all those songs while on tour for Hybrid Theory. They were just on the bus, just doing all dang. that, man. Like, that's nuts. yeah, that's nuts. I, it's very usually bands have that sophomore slump. Mm-hmm where they can't capitalize on that first album but that's a good example of like no they they delivered it was a good Sli- album slipknot same same slipknot, category yeah, they exactly. delivered but i mean that's that's kind of rare where you deliver just as good of an album if not better than your first album um, I, would, I would probably throw limp biscuit in there too man because significant other was like i agree light years ahead of three dollar bill y'all um so this has been the lincoln park podcast <laughs> Sorry for taking that. No, actually, yeah. actually, <laughs> you make this super. This has yeah. been the Tommy Cantu podcast, yeah, and yeah. we're just gonna we, let you take we over. Even, we haven't even finished talking about Pack South yet. Well, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah, I mean, uh, just you're to say doing that, a I'm better the, job at this than we are. We're just letting you go. I'm gonna actually leave. This is my house, but I'm gonna leave because I think you're killing it right now. Uh, so basically, Pack South is this video game convention, and is something that Tommy looked forward to every single year. But now, ever since the COVIDs. 
yeah. uh, he cannot go. <laughs> the, yeah. COVIDs. So, the COVIDs. And the so COVIDs. he is very sad. <laughs> yeah, and and just to say, I, since I haven't seen you in over a year, Nick, like, I mean, honestly, like, just throughout the whole last year, man, uh, you know, especially after, uh, you know, I was working two jobs at the time mm-hmm. when uh, the pandemic started, uh, you know, I honestly just took the time to just rest, uh, catch up on, like, a lot of games and shows, mm-hmm. honestly, and then, uh, you know, uh, just pretty much just relaxed. I can't really say COVID really affected me a lot, I guess, social-wise, because honestly, like, I felt like I, I retraced back to, like, I guess I reverted back to being my introvert self back in my, mm-hmm. like, late teens, like, mid-20s, before I started meeting, you know, hanging out with you guys and other friends who like going out a bit, which that's something I've been trying to, I guess, implement in myself over the last couple of years. Sure. Like, yeah, like, I, you know, I got tired of being in my room, watching TV and all that stuff. I want to go out, hang out with people, and all that experience new things, honestly. Yeah. Dude, I still remember that first time that we went out, and it really wasn't like us deciding, "Oh, let's go out." Yeah. Um, we went. We went to a party, a birthday party, yeah. in Harlingen, and uh, not, none of us were drinking at the time or anything. So we just kind of sat at a table, and we ended up just talking wrestling for like two hours. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! <laughs> and that was actually really fucking fun. Yeah. I mean, as loud as that fucking place was, yeah. you know, we still were able to, like, have a decent conversation. That was that, one of yeah. our first, like, big bonding moments. Yeah, yeah like, that's when, like, I guess you kind of realized how we were. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, that time forward that we're like, oh, man, this is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. We could do this again. And so we did. What was her Katie Vick? It was the whole, uh, the, what was, uh, Katie Vick? Yeah, it was the Katie Vick. It was her, what was her name? God, uh, the that's, whole, her, that's her name. Yeah. Is it, okay, that's okay. Her okay. Name, yeah. I, we brought that it's up like that J- night. Jane Doe. Yeah. Jane yeah. Doe. Oh, like my Katie God, Vick. man. Man. WWE was so fucking I didn't realize you were going to go there. <laughs> So we just explained how you were like the nicest person in the world and you want to talk about a necrophilia angle on wrestling. I just remember you guys blowing my mind that now because I remember that during that time I was like out of WWE for about a good year or so. And then y'all brought the segment or like that whole uh, feud between Triple H and Kane. And I was like. Wait, what? Did yeah, we we're like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, like <laughs> it's the best. Larry and I are the only proponents of this angle ever. We were like, it, it, you go look at something. Yeah, what's wrong with it? Yeah, I think it's great. It's great <laughs> storytelling, and that was it, peak wrestling. And it was the best. Um, oh man! So we'll save the wrestling talk for later. Later, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, for sure. One of the segments that uh, one of the newest segments that we've been doing on the show is something we like to call best worst lyrics. Can you sing something for us? We need like a song. We need like, I don't know, like John Ralphio, best worst lyrics. Oh man, I'm gonna fucking butcher it. Oh, that put you on the spot. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't expecting that. It's the worst lyrics, y'all. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so last week, uh, we uh, featured uh, probably one of the greatest musicians of all time, Kid Rock, the American badass himself. Um, it's, it's very surprising that he would give us a best worst lyric, but you could, you could say that is pretty bad. Uh, does anybody want to go first? I'll go first. I don't think this like beats Kid Rock at all, but I think it's funny enough and it makes me laugh every time I hear this song. So this is actually a song called Get a Life by Limp Biscuit. It's off there. Uh, <laughs> and there's like several. I'm only going to give one line off this album so we can talk about we it. We could do a whole show just, just on Limp Biscuit best on worst lyrics. one song. But um, this like one part makes me laugh. And it's not the part you're thinking of. So it's, uh, it's off the album um, Gold Cobra. So the line goes, And all my boys get the pick of the litter. That girl you came with, I suggest you forget her. <laughs> <laughs> so good and just think about it later on in the song like when the song gets serious Fred Durst sings don't let the world bring you down (laughs) (laughs) it's like what when when you think of Limp Biscuit, that was such like the norm like they would hit you with like the dumbest silliest lyrics and then the chorus was always something very like serious yeah something singy something very like melodic and he'd be like something like quasi like inspirational yeah and i'd be like fuck yeah fred i get it i understand don't let the world (laughs) bring you down i can relate uh so yeah that's one of many uh limp biscuit lyrics we'll be featuring on best worst lyrics in the future um i actually have one and mine's from an alternative underground rapper called nacho picasso and 
Uh, it's from the song Critics, and it's off the album. This is a great album title. Notch for A2. <laughs> so good. That's fucking clever. Yeah, best worst album titles. Wow. It's an album that came out in 2019, and the lyric reads as follows. She got camel toe. We in Camelot. She just kind of hot. I still came a lot. <laughs> oh my God. So good. Wow. Oh. I, actually, uh, there's a second part, but it's not nearly as good. But like, if we're talking about like the the whole thing, right? So she got a camel toe. Uh, we in Camelot. She just kind of hot. I still came a lot. Her friend came along, said my name all wrong, suck my dingling. Now we get along. <laughs> <laughs> it's like poetry in motion is so good. Yeah, it's this is probably my favorite segment we've ever done. And if you have a best worst lyric, feel free to message us, and you too can be featured on the Fiends podcast. Actually, uh, we should probably go to another segment that we've been doing because it's always good when we have guests. Because uh, Nick and I have a lot of the, we share a lot of the same tastes, so the things I like, he likes, and sometimes you know it's just us agreeing, like like oh yeah, that corn album was pretty good. Yep. <laughs> it, yeah no, i agree no no. <laughs> no no argument for me so anytime we have a guest uh it's cool to get a different perspective so this is a segment that we like to call hidden gems and if you're playing along this is a segment where we take a look at uh maybe an album or band that was underappreciated or it can be modern or it can be something from the past, something that we would wish more people would uh, take a listen to. So I'll actually go first and then I'll throw it to you guys. Mine is an album that I was listening to um, pretty much all weekend. And what's up? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> you're staring at me kind of. Uh, so this is an album that I was listening to over the weekend, and it just reminded me, like, every song is a banger on this album. And the album is from the band Il Nino, and it's from the 2001 album Revolution Revolution, which uh, in English translates to Revolution Revolution, <laughs> which I think is 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 pretty cool yeah that, yeah i would have never knew that and it meant that so the cool thing about this this band is that they're bilingual so that means they speak two languages and uh this is just an album for for anybody who doesn't remember the band uh il nino uh, i feel like they were underappreciated because they had the songs to back it up but they just weren't maybe as successful as some of the other bands in that genre and um it, it kind of baffles me because like every song is so good. It's a band that was heavy, but really the melodies, the choruses were so good. It's a band. I, I, I don't know. I just can't imagine why they weren't bigger than they actually were. Um, I don't have too much to say about it, but if you're looking for something to listen to this weekend, uh, check out this album. I will say every song is a notable song, uh, but there's songs like God Save Us, If You Still Hate Me, What Comes Around, Liar. I think that was probably the first song that you ever showed me of this band. It's, probably. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's that's the one that did it for me. I mean, you probably saw them in concert, right? I saw them once, uh, Ozfest 2002. They actually, I think, opened up the main stage, which I think they were on the second stage, but for some reason they put them on the main stage. I don't know if they thought that they would probably have a bigger audience which they did. A lot of people were there to watch them, and they were fucking badass, dude. That actually, I, that was gonna be one of my picks for today, but I had a backup just in case. <laughs> that's clever. Nice. So good. But uh, dude, that song "Predisposed." Oh, mm -hmm. that's a good. That's a great fucking album, man. What's that song? "I Am Local." That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That whole album is good. Very good choruses. Just really strong grooves. Um, I just I can't say enough good things about that album. It's fucking perfect. Was that their first album? I think so, unless they might have had like some sort of demo or something before then. But that was the one that I, I believe that was first. the debut album, and that's a band that kind of like, man, it sucks because that's a band that probably peaked on their first album. Not only that, but I think if El Nino dropped that album a year earlier, it would have helped. True, because I mean, we were they started getting some um, some fame towards the tail end of new metal. 
And so I, that kind of was a detriment to so many good bands at that time. Oh, I just want to throw this out here. Um, so since this, we are in 2021, that just reminds me that just about every notable album from our childhood is hitting the 20-year mark. Yep. Yeah. Because when we're th- t- 2001, in my opinion, was probably the best year for music releases. Toxicity's turned 20 years old this year. Yeah. Iowa. That means Iowa's turning 20 years old. Yeah. Every, every, yeah. So you will probably hear a lot more uh, when it comes to that because we're we're hitting a milestone 20 years for some of like the best albums ever created. Not, not even just in metal, but if you go back and think about like the other big songs of 20, you know, uh, 2001, there's some like huge hits. So it was, I feel like music in general was just thriving, but that's just my opinion. Um, Before before we move on, I just, I thought I should probably mention it, but I know El Nino's probably is still a, a, (laughs) still a band. Right. So I, I don't, I don't want to speak on it too much because I don't know like the ins and outs of it, but I know like there's a current version of El Nino that kind of released some music and, it's it's kind of strange to me because the only original member in that band is the drummer. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a band where, like, I guess because the singer was such a big part of the appeal of that band, if you don't have that member in the band, to me, in my opinion, I feel like that's, it's not El Nino, right? Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, and it's only one original member in the band, and it's, like, at what point do you stop and be like, you know what? Maybe we should just make something separate. Let's just change our name. Let's yeah. start fresh. I feel like you're just kind of piggybacking off uh, that name. And you don't even at least have like two of the original members. That's like if I uh, kicked all of you out, every every member of Fiends and I decided to just, you know, change the lineup. Like it'd be kind of strange because I'm just the drummer it wouldn't have that same appeal or the same, like, you know, there's, it wouldn't have the same, it just wouldn't be the same. No. So anyway, I, I did listen to the song and I listened to it. And I was like, this does not sound like El Nino. It just sounds, it sounds like a modern band. It sounds like a modern metal band, but I just don't know if it had those same, like, uh, ingredients that I associate with El Nino. So I just wanted to say that, but, like anyway that's just my opinion do you have any uh history with el nino not much honestly yeah like i mean i want to say around the early 2000s uh man like and, and this is where i come to like where uh i guess when you were mentioning like how you've seen them in concert man mm-hmm. like it's at such a young age too man because i mean we have a little i mean i'm a few years older than you guys but man mm-hmm. like the fact that you've been seen most of these bands man like live at such a young age at that oh, time yeah, too, man. Man. i was barely probably still somewhat getting into music i was probably still listening to like maybe top 40 radio back in that day man oh, honestly yeah. but then again hey like most new, i mean some new metal bands around 2000 2001 were top, top 40. 40 play man yeah, yeah it wasn't uncommon for that to happen yeah so yeah. do you have a hidden gems this week nick i do um this is i guess like if you're if you've listened to like the genre of music that we like you know, we talk about a lot of new metal just because new metal is the best you know fucking <laughs> yeah. fight me hey but um, one band that I, I'm going to write, you know, you could argue that they're not really a hidden gem because I think enough people have kind of learned about them over the years. But uh, there's still a lot of people who don't. Um, the album I'm picking is called Get Some by the band Snot. That is uh, one of the fucking coolest bands um, that came out in the late 90s. This album actually dropped in 97. And about 98, they were starting to pick up some steam. You know, they were, like, touring with bands like System of a Down and um, even, like, bands like fucking Sugar Ray when Sugar Ray was, like, kind of <laughs> heavy and corn, you know. And um, it's, it's, a cool, it's a cool band. It, it's it's kind of got those ingredients of new metal as far as the groove, but they add a little bit of funk in there. Um, but they still got that edge. Um, it's just, I think these guys were on the verge of becoming something really big until unfortunately the singer Lynn Strait was in an automobile accident and passed away. And actually the, the band's mascot Dobbs, he was a boxer, a dog. And, um, he was actually a boxer, (laughs) a dog. Yeah. He was on the cover of the, of this album. And so he was actually with Lynn uh, when, when, uh, they're in the accident and passed away too. So um, it, it was it's a, it was a real big bummer, but the album is very very good. 
They've got songs like uh, Stupid, uh, I Just Lie. Um, uh, just, there's just so many damn good songs on that album that I recommend people go and give a, give a, sh- go give it a listen. So yeah, that's my pick. How about you, Tommy? What Yo, do you got? Okay. So, um, man, I, I thought about the last couple of days, um, you know, what band to talk about this or what particular album. And, you know, I decided just to go ahead and shine some lights uh, to this, I guess this new, uh, up- Lincoln Park, <laughs> a thousand sons guys, give more love to that damn album. Right <laughs> now I was going to say, but, uh, no, this young and upcoming band, man, uh, they've only been around for about six years now. Uh, this band called Dogleg, and I've only recently discovered these guys through work actually. Uh, they're, uh, more in line with the genre of like post hardcore, uh, hardcore punk, uh, indie rock and like uh, like uh, brand new and like thrice and in shit, a way or? yes in a way yeah and it's I, I, I don't know man like best way to describe them I feel like their music would be perfectly for a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game oh okay, yeah or, just okay. definitely a very upbeat I mean you're gonna have that volume high listen to it all the time man and uh, it's great I I, per- I particularly always put on this album anytime I'm going out for a run because I need something upbeat something that's gonna keep me going full energy just always on the go set the tempo for yeah, the run e- yeah. exactly man and uh, they're uh, you know they're all these guys are like and they're like I want to say like early to mid 20s man and I don't know it, it kind of somewhat gives me hope in a way in this this young generation that's coming up with like rock bands and music because I kind of feel like you know you know rock is just not it's not what it used, used to, to be. be yeah you know I thought the same thing because some of the bands that I like now are in their early to mid 20s I'm younger than these guys and you have these guys who are like fuck the world <laughs> you know they're just like <laughs> Fall. and i'm just there like yeah man i back it like and then i go to, you know like i'll see these bands like live sometimes before covid i'm like fuck yeah do i get it bro yeah and then you talk to me oh thanks man you're like what the fuck yeah. Like, like yeah man i'm 22 i'm like what the fuck man you don't know the fucking no shit make me believe yeah i'm at the oh. point where it's like i have to like not know the age of these people because i'm just like man Fuck you. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have no reason to be mad. Man, oh, my God. <laughs> no, nah, but the, the band's called Dog Lake, and the album's called Melee. Uh, they actually had an EP that came out a couple years ago. Um, showed a lot of promise. I, I actually listened to it just a couple weeks ago. It's not bad. It's only four songs, but uh, I, I feel like it took them four years for this new album to come out, and it uh, honestly, I think it paid off for him because uh, I, won't, I can't really say there's one bad song on this album that I haven't really enjoyed. I'll have to check them out, man. Yeah, pretty good. And uh, and all, uh, a cool thing, too, is you know, one their music video uh, for the song War Turtle, it's a homage to uh, the first Clerks film. So really? yeah, they're replaying cool. character. Yeah, they're replaying characters like you know from uh, you know like Jane Silent Bob and of course the Clerks characters. It's all set in black and white too as well. You sold uh, me. Yeah, I'll check it yeah, out. Well, we should, on a side note, what we should do is we should all get together and do a podcast about the best Kevin James movies. Kevin James or, or Kevin, Kevin Smith? Smith? Kevin Smith. <laughs> and then we'll do one on Kevin James. Who's Kevin James? The King of Queens. Mall That's Pop. what I was thinking. Paul no, Blart. No, no, no. I was. I, I meant Kevin James. I want to talk about Paul Blart. <laughs> <laughs> The classic that is Paul Blart. Dude, oh how did I get that fucking mixed uh, up, man? To be fair, Kevin Smith Kevins. has a running joke where he's always getting compared to Kevin James. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. See, I just, I just. So I you just were did probably it. in on that. I was in on the joke, guys. You gotcha. were in on that, and you're just, you're just, you're just. Have y'all seen Kevin Smith lately? That guy's lost so much fucking weight, man. Yeah, it's, it's very inspiring. Yeah, he, good for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely something. <clears throat> oh my god. No, that's definitely something that i would like to probably do a future episode and just uh, talking about like clerks or maybe some of those old school kevin smith mm-hmm. movies because that's something that holds a very special dear place in my heart but uh so generally we have a theme on this show and we have like a one main topic of discussion and today is no different because today we are going to be talking about cults Mm. and specifically we're going to be talking about uh the nexium cult because this is something that has been kind of i've been so invested in for the last few months it's a story that um uh is made famous i guess by the hbo max uh docuseries called the vow and this is something i i talked to you nick about it a few months ago but i guess i got reinvested into this story because uh i watched the second documentary uh, is on the Stars app. It's called Seduce, the India Oxenberg story. And I guess because, like, in this day and age, you need uh, two documentaries on the same sub- subject. <laughs> like, if you remember, there was, like, two fire 
fest, fest documentaries. Yeah. And they were both fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. I it, loved both of them. It was just really, we've gotten to the point where, like, it's a race to see who can get out the, because they both came out generally at the same time. So it's a race to see who can get their documentary out uh, first. And that's usually the better one because it's the first time you saw it. But this is uh, not unlike that because um, The Vow came out a few months ago and this is kind of like the, the supplement to that story. Uh, I feel like The Vow was kind of like the male perspective of uh, that story. And this this documentary that I saw over the weekend was kind of like the female perspective. Now, uh, Tommy, have are you familiar with any of this? No, not at all. But hey, I'm willing to learn, man. Cool. Tell me. Tell me. Oh, please. Oh, this is great. It. I love yeah. explaining things. Please. So uh, I guess I'll try to make this as, as long a story short as possible. But uh, the story is about this. I guess it, it would become a sex trafficking cult. And it was notable and it was in the headlines a few years ago because that's when they finally arrested like the head founder of this organization his name is keith Rainier, and he was kind of the guy that spearheaded uh this organization and it started off as kind of it was based out of like this um self-help organization like a lot of the ways that they got to people is by hosting these seminars and it was like you pay two thousand dollars and we're gonna we're going to do a seminar and we're going to show you these skills that you can utilize to improve your life. So it's like, um, ways you can improve your business, improve, uh, your relationships, just improve your life in general. And a lot of stuff that they were saying is not, not necessarily bad. It's all stuff that you find in other religions or Mm -hmm. like spiritual practices. Sound like a pyramid scam to me already as it is. Well, essentially that's kind of what it is Mm -hmm. because you pay $2,000 for this five day, uh, instructional seminar and they're teaching you these things and you're kind of forced to kind of, were meals included? That's a good question. No, I don't even think so. So, like, the story is, right, is that it was very... I wouldn't go. (laughs) It was very underwhelming, right? So, it's a lot of, like, you're watching a video, and the video, it looks like it was made from the early 90s, late 80s, and they're, you know... Mm-hmm. telling you all these things so like they don't even have like a guest speaker come and talk to you you're just watching a video and then you're you know working out of this like book with all this all these like principles and stuff like that it's very like wow professional right so or, but it's like based out of a ho like some fucking days in hotel conference room i don't know um very underwhelming but they get you because you're there you know for four or five days and you're really forced to kind of address the things that are holding you back. And then once you kind of have those breakthrough moments, guess what? Now they're like, you just laid the groundwork for, for, you know, your, your potential, but, uh, take this, you know, 12, 14 day course. It's another $5,000. So we can really get to the root of what's holding you back. And so of course all these people are like, well, well, yeah, like the, you know, I, I want to become better and I want to, you know, I want to, you know, improve my life or whatever. So they kind of have like a tier system that you would see on like a like in martial arts. Right. Instead of getting, you know, the colored belts, you're getting the colored sashes and there's just tiers to this organization. So the idea is it's it's all based out of like recruiting new people and moving your way into the ranks and you're following the practices of this guy keith ranieri right and i guess his his thing is that like he has a very high iq and he's kind of um he's spouting off like these philosophical teachings and things and he's got this gravitational pull to him right Mm -hmm. he's very engaging he's kind of the guy that kind of looks you makes direct eye contact and things he's saying are not that far-fetched like we've kind of been conditioned to think that cult leaders are supposed to be these charismatic figures like 
like Charles Manson kind of ruined things for cult leaders because now we think that everybody has to be like a Charles Manson for people to fall for that, right? Um, with, with Charles Manson, there's kind of a level of like, uh, it, it's kind of nefarious in a way and there's this like level of darkness and evilness to what he's saying, but some of it might speak to you or some of it might like, oh, he makes a lot of sense. This is not like that. This guy is very average looking. Uh, underwhelming is the word that keeps coming to my brain. Like he's very this average looking guy. In fact, like when he had like a beard and like longer hair, he kind of looks like a nerdier, less pretty version of Jared Leto. Like I could okay. see Jared Leto like playing this guy in like a made for TV movie. Um, hmm. He's that's him with the beard but him clean shaven is very kind of dorky he's not traditionally handsome you know it's um and the things he's saying he's not saying it in this like boisterous like over the top kind of way he's saying it in a way like i understand you and i i want to help you and um he's got a presence to him he's got he's got a pull but it's nothing like over the top mm. um it's it's those it's those uh sound he kind of kind of sounds like uh somebody who would come out as a, a, how can i say very relatable to these people i guess in a way it's I, like hey look at me. me i'm a piece of shit <laughs> you are also but let me show you how you can be less of a piece of shit yeah, yeah. Not even that, because that's what I would expect from a cult leader to be like over the top and telling you all stuff. But it his is more like uh, it's those like pseudo intellectual nerdy types with glasses. Those are the most dangerous people in the world because uh, those guys, tend, you know, those narcissistic, nerdy intellectual types, because they can be very manipulative, uh, not unlike Tommy here. Was, wow. Hey. Wow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> those are the guys you need to worry about. Yes. Like, I'm less worried about angry alpha bros because at the end of the day, angry alpha bros are just, they're kind of stupid and they're ultimately, like, hiding a bunch of insecurities and whatever. But, like, those those intellectual types that are good with computers, those are the people you should fear because those are the people that have, like, the skills to potentially fuck up your entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because everything's technology-based. Like They're the, playing chess while we're playing checkers. Yeah. yeah. Although I like I like checkers. In fact, like... <laughs> Fucking Silicon Valley motherfuckers. Connect 4 is... Yeah, that's a good game. Um, yeah, so that's the thing about, like, these types of people. He's very... An average-looking guy, but... He's coming at like he's he's the things he's talking about is very like philosophical things. But now when I hear these things, I'm just like, well, yeah, these are these are not like new concepts. In fact, like the thing about self-help, in my opinion, is that like it it shouldn't cost a lot for you to seek out like self-help. Like these are all practices like hell, like you can find on the Internet for free. You can go on Instagram and find some positive Instagram pages and still get the same value out of it. Um, yes, I get it. Like everything in this day has to, you know, you have to be able to, if you're providing a service, you know, if somebody writes a self-help book, you know, you're not going to give it out for free, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you put in the time to write it or whatever. But to me, like self-help should be free. It's 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 not a, you know, like looking internally and doing the shadow work and being like you know like why do i react to the like this bothers me why do i react so negatively to it well that's internal right because a lot of times like the people we meet if if something bothers me about you it's probably a reflection of something inside of me that i don't like a lot of times that does shouldn't cost any money right and that's the difference between this group is that they're charging money for you to get they want you to get as invested in this organization as possible and get so sucked in that you will be willing to devote your life to this person now i know this is long-winded right no that's cool but the thing about this story is that there's a bunch of subgroups within this organization so like 
the deeper you go in like there's other groups so like there's one like uh, for for males and it's about like they're kind of he's teaching them like we are the protector we are the protectors of all that's good and right in the world and it's our mission to protect women and to like uh, take these ideologies that are being taught by this guy and implement them into the world or there's like a female group that's like um teaching like women empowerment and you know but it's designed by a man which is kind of weird that's just like the exact opposite it's his ideologies that he's pushing on everybody and you could argue that maybe some of these ideologies are extreme like the deeper you go into them right but anyway the the crux of this story is that he was kind of using this organization to uh it became a sex trafficking thing because there was a, a another subset group within this organization that was meant to coerce women to sleeping with him and it was very based out of control and manipulation and um this story is notable because Allison Mack, which I don't know if you're familiar, she played Chloe Sullivan on the show Smallville, the Superman show. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. She was in deeply involved in this organization. Nice. Okay. You might have. I think I'm remembering heard the story. about it. Yeah, in the news. exactly. Yeah, okay. So she became so devoted to this guy that that she so involved in this that she was kind of uh in charge of this secret group Mm -hmm. uh within the organization where the the women were uh they had this thing where the women were had like a master slave uh kind of role play thing where she had her own like four or five slaves and she was their master and ultimately like these women would have to be give up collateral like whether it be like pictures or maybe like secrets or like things you know you would never want anybody else to know as collateral and it was ultimately used against them to keep them within this group and all of that info was going and those pictures were going to keith ranieri Mm -hmm. and they would do these things like where where like at any given time whether it's at like 2 p.m or 3 in the morning your your master would text you saying something like to the effect ready and and you would have to respond within like i don't know 30 seconds and if you didn't you were punished you would have to perform a, a penance and they try to spin all these things against you. So if you have a gut feeling that's telling you, I don't know, this is a cold or this is not right, right? They would turn it against you and kind of, we're teaching you accountability. We're teaching you, um, if you find something, if you have a gut feeling that's an instinct feeling that's telling you that something's not right, well, that's just a reflection of yourself. What inside of you makes you feel that this is wrong? And that's your problem. That's something you need to address. Any type of... They would kind of uh, dismiss or dismantle, like, fear. And they would turn the guilt around on you to... These are just insecurities that you have. And, And these are things that ultimately you need to address because it's a weakness. It's a cancer that you need to cut out. And that's how they would use control to manipulate these people right and that's just like the iceberg of what they were doing like alice mack was one of the like um frontline you know top tier people that was kind of subjecting these women to do all these things like i guess the other thing is that um these women were uh being branded with like a, a cauterizing pen uh with this symbol this brand symbol that was told they were told that it was a symbol that would that symbolizes uh all the elements so it'd be like air fire water all the elements right mm-hmm. but 
what they later found out that it was actually just Keith Raniere's initials oh turned God. sideways. Oh so he was branding them with his own sigil. <laughs> I wow. remember you told me that. Yeah. And just all these like crazy, uh, crazy things were going on. And, um, these women would kind of be coerced to, to sleep with him. Mm-hmm. And he just had so much, so many things on him or on these people that it was very difficult for them to to get out because they were so heavily invested and the the documentary that that i watched over the weekend that i was saying is kind of like the female perspective of it is Mm -hmm. the india oxenberg story and i think so long story short uh, yeah i was gonna say like so how did this all go down then i guess like did I mean, is he, I forget, I forget what's going on. Um, I, cause I do remember the story about the actress yes. and all that. And, uh, it was pretty shocking too, man. Let me do like, you're an actress. In Did you ever watch that show? Smallville? Uh, a handful of episodes. Yeah. I didn't you really, know of it. I know of it. Yeah, exactly. Young beginnings of Superman. She yeah. was like such, she was like the girl next door, like the wow. sweetheart of that show. Like it kind of like, if you live next door to a cult leader. like i remember like i see i actually i watched that show and i i got into it you know when you know years ago when it came out yeah like she was just such a sweet seemed like such a genuine sweet person on that show so it kind of like begs the question like because you always think like how can somebody get sucked into these things and that's the part that we that's the part like it's so easy to say like i would never fall for that but when when you're most vulnerable is when you will get involved in those things i think and and, and that's the audience these people are looking for that's what cult leaders are looking for who's vulnerable who's a loner who doesn't have somewhere they fit in with i'm gonna get this person and because i'm giving them some time and attention they're going to be like like a fucking dog, you know. Like mm-hmm. dogs are loyal. Yeah. <laughs> you, you give them you give them a cookie. Oh fuck yeah! I'll yeah. hang out, bro. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, if we really think about this, as people, what are we looking for? We're looking for purpose. There you go. I was going to say yeah. happiness, but really the word is purpose. Mm-hmm. As treasure. <laughs> Banana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's true we're all looking for purpose and what are these groups they're able to provide purpose because at our core we're all looking for purpose we're all looking for fellowship that's the other thing we're looking for fellowship we're yeah. we're looking for people that share our same views or we're looking for family some of us don't have family so we seek it out in other places some of us have family but maybe we don't get along with them so we seek it out elsewhere somewhere we we have everything we have uh, uh we have a family we have all the money in the world but still that's not enough mm-hmm. we're looking for something greater and that's what these organizations are able to provide they're able to provide you fellowship and uh, it's just this guy was so manipulative and and so like at a glance you're kind of like oh well like the things he's teaching are not necessarily bad but what you end up finding out and that's especially in that second documentary they really get to like the first one kind of like dabbles here and there Mm -hmm. but this one is just like no uh this girl who is heavily involved in it like she was in this organization for like almost 10 years and the difference is that she joined when she was like 20 years old this is not Allison Mack. This is India yeah. Oxenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she was 20, you're so impressionable at 20. Yeah. And her story is that, yeah, that's what she was looking for because her mom was a famous actress. I think she was on the show Dynasty and her mm-hmm. grandmother is like some princess or queen in like Yugoslavia or something like that. So they're royalty, right? Mm-hmm. She's looking to get out of her parents' footsteps, out of their shadow. She's looking for her own self-purpose. Like, yeah, you're an actress, but what am I? How do I... What's my identity? So she thought this was it. She thought like, you know, like I'm going to use this to be successful on my own, my own two feet. And they did such a good job of like separating her from her family. That's what they do. We're your family. That's not your family. These are not your friends. We're your friends. And so that's why her story was even more interesting. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's like, it's like I said, we say like, 
I would never fall for that. But under the right circumstances, it'd be very easy for any of us to fall. Like I, I try to think, would I fall for that? I would like to say no, because I feel like naturally I'm kind of, I'm kind of too logical. Like I'm always like, think I try to think logically and I try to question everything and I feel in a way I'm kind of anti-authority like I don't want somebody to tell me what to do I don't want to live a nine-to-five structure I don't want structure I want to do what I want to do yeah but that's not to say I I might if if I don't have something if I don't have something internal I might seek that out uh Nick like I don't think you like you have a very attitude like nah man fuck that yeah, that's I'd probably. never fall for that. <laughs> but I think you could be influenced by somebody that you think is a better version of yourself. Somebody yeah, that you I, respect. I agree. Because, I mean, there are a lot of people that, like, I don't really get inspired or I don't say, like, actors especially are, like, role models for me or my heroes. In fact, I hate actors. <laughs> and that's a story for another day. I think <laughs> actors are fucking stupid. But I love movies, so I, I guess that's that. But, I mean, like... You guys heard, like, on the other podcast, I talked about guys like Goggins, and then there's guys like Jocko Willink and and Tim Kennedy and, like, all these other, other cool guys that, like, I follow because those are cool guys. Those, those guys have core values. I mean, yeah. You respect them. Yeah, I respect them. Yeah, they have their own businesses and sell shit, but you don't have to buy their product. They're, they're not telling you, buy my fucking product. They're just saying, hey, this is here. You know, have at it. But, I mean, you can, like like you said about going on the fucking internet and watching a YouTube video or a podcast yeah. with these guys on there. Like, that, so that, a lot of times that's enough for you to be like, hey, man, like, yeah. like I need to change something. But, also, I would never spend $2,000 for no. someone to show me a fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, I, I would not spend that much money. But also, I, I guess, but also that reminded me, like, man, some of these people have too much money because they're... Their reality is not my reality, where it's like, sometimes you get to the point where you have so much money that you can waste it on stuff like that. And like, and, you know, $2,000 is, is like me spending 20 bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to that point where you can afford that. And the problems that I have, like some of us are just trying to get out of poverty. You know, we're trying to dig ourselves out of that. But some of these people don't have those problems. So I could see like, like they have to find ways to fill that void in different ways like so but, you know i what i what I also i think that i would say all three of us probably have this because i think we've had conversations about similar things in the past is that we all question things i'd like, like to think so yeah like we've always questioned things and it's never one of the somebody tells me something i don't just fucking gobble that shit up like if it's something that sounds kind of fishy and then i'm like wait a minute that sounds kind of fucking dumb you know yeah. <laughs> um and most of the times it's probably because it is so I mean I think we have that we have that kind of instinct to question some of the things that we're being spoon-fed and um a lot of other people maybe don't have that. I would hope so. I I try not to be too judgmental because I at the end of the day I, these these people they're they're victims and it's 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 so easy to cast out stones and like oh you idiot but like a lot of us it's it's like you said we're all looking for we're trying to fill that void yeah, and some I mean, of us are misguided some of us are lost and so yeah. things happen like so i get that but then you have the other side right and then you have people like tommy who are probably like cult leaders cult leaders i mean this nice guy facade that you're trying routine that you're trying to put on like we all know what's up i and, see through it now <laughs> <laughs> in fact you're probably the out of all three of us you're probably the one that we should probably be looking at most because this whole time i've been talking you've been awfully quiet oh yeah no but this is interesting very interesting to me honestly yeah no i mean hey i mean look at him try to dismiss he's getting nervous he's actually sweating if you could see him he's he's nervous because he knows the jig is up actually you know guys i think i'm getting a call for rob zombie real quick guys. <laughs> Let me just go and get that this actually guys. reminds yeah. me i just want to throw this in there as we're winding down at the end of this um i want to throw this in there it reminds me of um when eric uh not eric, no 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 shot. hold on it reminds me of um my friend actually um yeah, he got heavily involved in this cult. Uh, he started going to this place. It was called the Center. Uh, you, you guys probably know him, uh, Sean Hunter. 
okay. Remember, yeah. we go oh, way back. He fucking, he, so you fuck. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got heavily involved in, in what you would call a cult. And it was only until, like, well, he's kind of his on-again, off-again, like, caretaker, stepdad, Mr. Turner. He got into a terrible motorcycle yeah, accident, accident. Yeah. that put him in the ICU. And it was only then that Sean was able to snap out from this trance and be able to stand up for himself. And luckily, he had his best friend, Corey Matthews. His whole family took him in um, during this time when his parents were were not around. And they stuck up for him because you have Alan Matthews, who actually uh, got in the face of this cult leader and told him, like, I would die before I let you manipulate my son's best friend because he's he's a part of our family. And I thought that was beautiful. And it's something that I, I keep with me even to this day. Um, Dude. That's just a personal story Sh- for me. Sean Hunter pisses me off sometimes, man. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like he was such a fucking crybaby in so many episodes. I mean, it's... I somewhat agree, but it's been a while since I've watched Boy Meets World. But a lot of Boy Meets World is that a show? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so that's a that's a story for another time, dude. I mean, how can we like be like a metal podcast and talk about cults and not bring up the Branch Davidians? Let freedom ring with the shotgun. I just had to do that. For those people who don't know what the fuck I just said, that's a line from Davidian by Machine Head. It's a good song. And the Branch Davidians were a cult. There you go. <laughs> uh, I was going to actually, that that's something I want to ask you. Like, what would you say your guys' uh, favorite, favorite Machine Head album is? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Maybe. sorry. No, I was going to say, like, what would you guys say is your favorite cult? Because mine's probably the cult of personality. What do you see? CM Punk left wrestling. Did I? You made that up or did I make that up? No, I just made it up right now. No, because I used to. One of us used to sing that back in the day. I don't know, but anyway, I used to say. I used to sing. I left WWE. <laughs> That's what I used to say. And on that note, uh, <laughs> uh, for myself, our guest, Tommy Cantu, and Nick, uh, this has been the Fiends Podcast. We will see you guys next week. Later. Later. <laughs>